This is the Starlab Deep Dive. Welcome to the monthly episode of the Starlab Deep Dive, where we ask the right questions, go deep into the specifics, and interview experts about the hottest topics in science. Your host, Klaus Ambos. Today's guest is Nicolene Borgemann, and together they will be discussing sustainability in science. Enjoy! Hello and welcome to the Starlab Deep Dive. Thanks for listening. Today we have a special guest, Nicoline Borgermann. Nicoline, hi, how are you? I'm good, thanks. Could you please introduce yourself uh, to the audience? Yes, thanks. Um, yeah, so I have a background in biochemistry and I worked in, uh, in wet labs for many years, both in Germany and Den Denmark, actually. Um, I did a PhD and a postdoc and, uh, and I always really loved working in a lab. I wasn't sure what I wanted, like in the long lines of life, but I really enjoyed the lab work. Um, I like that you sort of, you use your hands, but you also use your brain. I think it's a wonderful combination of a, of a lot of good things. Um, but I also, I was also really struggling with the, accepting the, the environmental impact of, of the lab work I was doing. Um, because we're doing so many important things in labs. I mean, we're trying to find great solutions for, for planet and people, but, but we're also leaving a trace behind. Um, and during my PhD, that's really when the climate agenda really hit full speed. Um, and, uh, and at some point I was like, I have to do something about it. So I started a local uh, green task force where we started to, um, to look into how the center could, could be more sustainable. And then with time, I simply grew more interested in working with how science could be done in a greener way. Um, and then I decided to quit my postdoc and, uh, and start as an independent uh, green lab consultant. Um, so now I help uh, companies and institutions, also universities in Denmark and outside of Denmark, um, with reducing the, the environmental impact of what they do. Um, yeah, so that's also why I'm, I'm super, super excited to talk to you, because of course you're also uh, we're on the same side here when it comes to promoting sustainability in research, I know. Perfect. Today's topic is a very important one. It's about sustainability. 181 million Google hits clearly show that's more than just a trend. So what is Starlab doing for sustainability, basically? A lot, I would say. Um, we are really having it in our uh, focus as well, and we come to that in a minute. Uh, this is definitely a topic that is in everybody's hearts and also on everybody's mind, and I guess on yours as well, Nicoline. So what's your opinion on that topic? I mean, I can only agree that it's it's on people's minds and people people's hearts. It's uh, I mean, I meet a lot of uh, of course online. I meet a lot of uh, of scientists um, from all over the world actually, because I mean, we're facing exactly the same challenges around the globe in the labs, um, which is like it's great that we have the same challenges because then we can learn it, uh, like a lot from each other. Um, but it's also really interesting to hear how it's really a movement that is growing uh, across. Just like science, it doesn't really care about national borders. Um, sustainability is also like a worldwide uh, concern. Um, and I really see, especially the young generation, right? They're really keen to do something about their lab work. Um, they're so used to focusing on, on doing things in a better way in their private life. Um, and, and they can't really live with just, you know, the moment you, you come to your workplace, you have to put up this mask where you just have to pretend this is not damaging the planet in any way. Um, so, so we really see, or I really, I really see a lot of a lot of young young researchers who are really keen to take the sustainability agenda into the lab as well and doing yeah. things better there. 
Absolutely. And and I mean, currently we cannot really avoid plastic in laboratory and, and there's a ton of plastic that's used every day in a single laboratory. So what would you say, uh, you know, companies like Starlab uh, in the life science area can do for um, the sustainability and the overall reduction of, uh, you know, uh, this waste in the future? What would be your answer to that? I mean, I think that's uh, that's such an important question to to ask, not just for Starlab, but any anyone who provides uh, laboratory users with stuff. Um, and uh, there are so many things you can do uh, in reality. I think because I mean, science will never become sustainable unless we start changing how we consume in the labs. And one part of that is how we actually use the products in the lab. Like, how do we interact with the laboratory, and how many times do we use things, and do we have a lot of waste? Are we uh, meticulous in the way we we act in the lab, but it's also the whole supplier side of it, right? All the stuff that we order and that are, that is entering the lab, uh, there's that's that's a huge uh, ecological footprint from the stuff, like the consumables and the equipment. Um, and of course, in terms of plastic, uh, I mean, every time I do a webinar, I always ask people, "What's uh, how did you how did you get interested in in lab sustainability?" And it's like 99% they start with the plastic. They're like, it's horrible to see how much plastic waste we're producing in the lab. So for many, that's the Absol that's the first motivation. That's also why, yeah. of course, why you're also aware of what you can do because you probably also interact with, with consumers who are interested in doing something. So, for example, first of all, I mean, I hear a lot of people asking me, uh, like, how do I sort it and how do I sort it correctly and what's the best way to sort? And I think it's great that we want to sort plastic, but but that's not solving the problem. Uh, we have to reduce how much we're using of it and we have to yeah. improve the quality of the plastic we're using. And maybe it's naive to think uh, we can absolutely. do without plastic, but we can do a lot better with plastic. Yeah, that would have been already my next question because I was talking about the three R's and uh, you basically already answered it. If you have to make a choice, what is the most important, reduce, reuse or recycle, you already said reduce. So exactly. if, yeah. if I understood you correctly, so that would be basically a statement to uh, all the development R&D companies and the production facilities to do everything to reduce because then uh, there's less plastic involved. Exactly. And, but I think it's, I mean, we have to, everything has to be combined in a way, right? Because um, right now it's it's like a one-way road where it comes from. It's produced, it's being used, and then it's it ends up as garbage. And maybe yeah. it ends up as garden furniture before it's garbage because it's like recycled or downcycled or whatever we want to call it. Yeah. But that's simply not good enough. It's, it's great that we can turn plastic uh, waste into garden furniture, but there's a limit to how much garden furniture this planet yeah, needs. Sure. Right? <laughs> so, so we still, need the, we still yeah. need the recycling part. That's super important. But, but we also have a system that currently can't really can't fix all of that. Um, so the reduction is definitely like most important step to deal with. And I know you also did a lot on that. Uh, yeah, in that regard, right? Absolutely. And and I mean, our vision is, and I guess that's uh, the ideal world, uh, not only to recycle, but to have a closed recycling system. So basically, the products that uh, have been used by our, uh, you know, researchers uh, from Starlab, uh, that these are recycled and then come back into our production cycle so that we have a full yeah, in, internal cycle of reduced material becoming a new Starlab product instead of, as you said, all these benches and, and all the stuff that everybody already has. Um, 
Unfortunately, it's not as simple as that, but uh, there are clear trends towards it. And there's, this is a long journey and, and we've started to really embark on that journey. And um, if I got you right, that's exactly what you hear from our customers, what they like and want. Exactly. I mean, I think that's also, I think it's really important, like what you say, that it's, it's a long journey and it's not something that Starlab can fix by yourself, right? You're part of a whole ecosystem. Yeah. But, but we can all make a, like, you know, individuals may not change the world, but individuals can form groups who can change the world, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that's why we all matter. And that's why Starlab's efforts also matters and my efforts and also lab users. Um, because uh, if we sort of, if we collectively want to make a difference, then we can make a difference. And um, yeah, and the whole plastic system, of course, it's, it's, it's changing so quickly now. So it, it will not take decades before we see a completely different way of dealing with plastics. Um, but of course, that only happens because we're asking for it, because producers yeah. and consumers are taking responsibility. Yeah, that's a very good point. And, and you said collectively, and, and that's, I guess, uh, the key to success. Uh, do you want to, you know, uh, say anything regarding or towards the politics, uh, what you would like them to do or basically to set up in order to uh, come closer to that co- uh, goal? I mean, I'm most of all a green lab expert. I'm not a plastic expert. So I hope they listen to people who know more than I do. Um, but I mean, I think we, if we, if we use infinite uh, different kinds of plastic and plastic mixes, then things will never work out well. I mean, it's super important that we make plastic or we use plastic that can actually be truly recycled, that we can use over and over again. And, uh, and without being a, a market, market expert on this, I think we also need some, some guidelines from politicians to, to make sure that, that we don't suddenly endeavor on different plastic journeys that we don't know how to recycle. Uh, because we see a lot of stuff coming up now, all kinds of you know, alternative plastic types. And that's, of course, great. But, but if those can't be recycled, then we have the same problem. I mean, plastic per se is not the problem. It's the single-use plastic. It's that plastic ends up as trash. Uh, if, we, if we could have a closed loop, things would be different. And maybe we need politicians to really also push, push that agenda. Yeah, and you touched the point of uh, biodegradability. I mean, um, currently, if I got it right, you know, um, the research is at such a point that it needs year to, years to be uh, di- uh, biodegraded. So that's not really a help. Or uh, if it's, uh, you know, not the right pure pa- plastic, so to say, that it cannot be really recycled. So I guess also the part of the industry must be that you, first of all, do not use combined plastics or of, you know, different sorts, but have a pure one so that uh, if it has to be still used, can be recycled well. Um, but, you know, regarding sustainability, what else do you see in the lab that people can do besides reducing the plastics and sorting out the waste, basically? Is there anything else that people can do to really, uh, you know, have an impact on the overall overall waste footprint? Definitely. And normally I would actually, if I would rank like the top five actions you can take in a lab, none of them would involve plastic because that's such a jungle and it takes so much effort to do something with plastic that the impact is maybe not the highest compared to how much effort you put into it. Mm -hmm. So normally I would tell people that um, like if they start shutting off equipment that isn't in use, for example, then they are already really far. Yeah. I mean... There's, I mean, the only industrial space using more energy than laboratories are data storage sensors. And I think mm-hmm. that says everything. Yes. Um, but some laboratories can actually save or reduce 50% of energy consumption simply by turning off equipment that isn't in use. 
Um, so that's about habits, right? Um, like, for example, a fume hood, it consumes as much energy as four households when it's open. Oh, yeah. um, so it really makes a difference to remember to, to close it after you leave it. Um, but all of these things, I think, I mean, there are many, many things you can do also in principle, easy things, because it's not rocket science to go green in the lab. But it's really difficult to change your habits. And uh, no one's going to change their habits if they don't know that it makes sense to do it. I mean, so first of all, we need to create awareness. And then we have to, like, put in the hard work of changing habits because that's where the real impact Absolutely. is. Absolutely. But that's also, I guess, the uh, most difficult, you know, uh, part of the story. I mean, changing habits. Um, I mean, we we in the industry, I mean, we, are, we have understood already that we have to change things. And it's not only Starlab, but, uh, you know, we're really focusing on that green approach and embarked on that journey. But, you know, I guess in your talks to uh, scientists, I guess uh, then uh, you are always talking about changing the mindset. Are you, are you of the opinion that people are really, you know, uh, or that people see the sense and urgent of changing their mindsets? Or is it more that privately they say yes, but if they come to their lab, uh, they don't think so much about it. What would you say? Oh, yeah, that's a, that's, I could talk about that for hours, I think. I think most <laughs> people would like to reduce yeah. the environmental impact of their, of their work, but a lot of people are also very busy. And that's not only people in the labs. Most people who are employed somewhere are busy. I mean, they have enough things on their job descriptions already. So, yes, they would like to do things in a greener way, but they may not have the resources because, I mean, mostly you, you just have to do it in between experiments or you have to stay longer or, I mean, it's not on anyone's job description in most places that they should uh, reduce the, the footprint of the airport, right? So I think a lot of people have very good intentions and they do want to make a change, but, but habits are, that's really, it, it really is the most difficult. It would be so much easier if we could just, you know, like, Turn turn some buttons on or off, and then that's it. But but it's actually the the real power is in the people, right? Um, so I feel like a lot of people do want to make a change, but they find it hard to see how that's going to work out without feeling stressed or without yes. compromising their research or the other things they have to do. Absolutely, um, and that puts pressure on the management, in my opinion, because I we we cannot expect lab users to do all these things without also somehow being credited for it or getting help to it. Um, that's, yeah. that's not fair. Sustainability is a super interesting topic, and there's so much to, more to discuss. Uh, I really have to say that I'm thrilled with the start we have made today, especially at Starlab. Formats like this also help us raise awareness for more of us to get on board, and that includes everybody listening too. Thank you very much for your insight, Nicoline. Yeah, thank you too. It was very interesting to talk to you. Thank you all for listening today, and we hope you listen in again next time. We will be interviewing another expert in their field and dive deep into another fascinating topic to find out more. You can find us everywhere where you can listen to podcasts as well as on YouTube. Thanks again for listening and see you next time.